Welcome to Bougie Booth, a podcast hosted by a brother and sister from another mister. I'm Cam. I'm David. Thank you for listening as we talk about Black culture, Asian culture, pop culture, culture culture, and quite frankly, anything else we want to talk about. So how are you doing today, Boo? You know, Boo, I'm great because I can finally see. (laughs) You see the light? (laughs) Uh, You know, I can see more than the light. I can see what's in front of my face. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I finally went to the optometrist. I used that good insurance that we have because I haven't been using it. Use that even, health insurance. Use yeah. that insurance. And the uh the, the optometrist is saying, you have good health insurance. I'm like, I know it's such a shame I haven't been using it, right? <laughs> so, you know, I got myself a new pair of glasses. Okay. So it's the first time I've had to wear glasses, you know, it's just telling me I'm getting elderly, but no, I know, I know young people wear glasses too. Unfortunately for them, their eyes went bad early. See, so, and yours didn't, and yours are still good, right? They're not totally bad. You just yeah, need a little I, help. I'm what you, I guess would say is nearsighted because I just have a difficulty seeing far away mm-hmm. and that's not helpful when you try to drive. Oh no, <laughs> we want to be safe. So Safety was, first. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> But just like um, I was trying to basically save myself and other people on the road because I'm conscientious like that. <laughs> we appreciate your concern. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. Because <laughs> I was getting to the point where as I was trying to focus on the road, I'd have to like squint, you yeah. know, just to make it make sure everything was lining up with for my vision. Oh, my. Wait, was this only at night or was this through the day? No, this is all day, every day. Oh. Oh, so right. the, the last few weeks going up into that first uh, optometrist appointment, I was like, you know, I'm endangering other people and myself. I better go get this checked. <laughs> so I went to go get my eyesight checked. And um, the the doctor told me I basically had 20-20 vision, but I need help with corrective glasses. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was glad to hear that because I was afraid that he was going to tell me that I had some degenerative eye disease and I'll be going blind within five years. Stop it. No. <laughs> well, then you just have your little walking stick and you'll still, it'll be a bougie walking stick. Yeah, it would have to be. You don't have to think about that. No, no. <laughs> now I just have to worry about bougie glasses, which I like the pair that I got. They're nice. I looked at other brands like Prada and, you know, um, the designer ones, mm-hmm. uh, D and G, but None of them framed my face the way I like. So I got this pair I never heard of, but they're expensive anyway. They're called Dragon. Oh, okay. Um, But they look good and I get a lot of compliments on them. And, you know, everybody says I look smart, but they should be saying smarter because what you're saying, I'm dumb. It's like, hold up now. Don't be (laughs) offensive like that. Well, I've seen them. You showed me before Uh we started recording and you look very nice. And I like the frame. Thank you. Were they silver? You're welcome. Yeah, they had their grayish silver marbling uh, to him. Yeah, they look really clean. I like them. I wanted to, the, them to be stylish, but uh, understated, but still have some personality. So did the optometrist um, like sell you a designer case for your glasses or like that microfiber towel or special yeah, the, cleaning product <laughs> for it? They, they didn't upsell me like in that fashion. They when I picked up the glasses, they gave me the microfiber and the case. They all came together. But where they did upsell me, like I felt like I was buying a car, was the 
<laughs> the options for the glasses. Did you have the finance those parts? <laughs> you know, luckily the insurance kicked in. <laughs> Otherwise, I probably would have had to finance them. But, you know, we laugh, but now we have to finance our cell phones these days. <laughs> it's a mess. The world is a mess. But, you know, they're like sitting me down. Okay, here are your frame prices. Insurance knocks it down to this. I'm like, cool. But then they're like, okay, so you need anti-glare. I'm like, how badly do I need anti-glare? for another $80. They just make you think that because you're like, yeah. um, I didn't have anti-glare when I didn't have glasses. Well, see, boo, that's what I said. I said, look, the nighttime lights didn't bother me without glasses. So do I really need them? And then she tried, she told me, but see, when you're wearing glasses, the light's going to shine through them. It's going to be a little different. I'm like, well, now I really don't know if that's true or not. So let's just put them on there. <laughs> And then, like, you need the anti-scratch resistance. I'm like, yeah, I definitely need that because I know I'm going to scratch these things up. Which, they'll still probably get scratched anyway. Yeah. Well, and then, and then they're banking on you having to come in about two to three years to get another pair. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then they were like, uh, I said, well, you know, I don't really like wearing eyeglasses. My whole thing is I wear shades all the time, sometimes indoors as well. Mm -hmm. So can I, so I got this frame, these frames that almost look more like shades and eyeglasses. But I said, can I get those transition glasses so they turn darker in the sun? And they said, yeah, that's another $85, of course, right? So that's just the magic number. <laughs> yeah, so I add that on there. But I'm disappointed because, yes, they do get colored, but when you see through them, they're not, they don't shade out the sun. They really just block UV and stuff oh. like that, I guess. But so they're darker lenses on the outside. They you can see the transition, but they, they don't really function like sunglasses. So are you still squinting then, even though no, when no, they no. transition? Well, a little bit, only the sense that I can still see clearly, but sometimes I'm photosensitive. So I, it doesn't help that I don't have the the shade there. Mm -hmm. So what I've taken to do, been doing is I use my sunglasses and put them on top of the eyeglasses while I'm driving because <laughs> they nicely fit over them, unfortunately. Are you like Dwayne Wayne from a different world? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm, I am Kadeem Hardison. <laughs> well, Boo, I, I too made an expensive purchase. It was not expensive as glasses, but I purchased a dozen of donuts this morning. Yeah. I didn't realize how expensive donuts are. I've known this for a while now. So. <laughs> so, okay. So at the time of this recording, it's a special week. It's Valentine's week. It's random acts of kindness week. And then also for my office, it's our week of our signature event. I'm not uh -huh. going to say what that is without releasing too much information, but my boo knows yes. what the week is. So I kind of wanted to, you know, Monday morning, like, hey, it's Valentine's Day week and Random Acts of Kindness week. Here are some donuts for you. Thank you. That's for very your nice of you, boo. Yes. So like here I am at the donut shop and I'm all happy picking out all the, the different donuts and, you know, maple bar and chocolate bar, Swiss, <laughs> <laughs> old fashioned. And so I get my dozen. And so I go up to pay and the guy was like 1575. Uh -huh. In my head, I'm thinking like $10. <laughs> I can remember when a dozen donuts was like six dollars. Uh, maybe maybe like eight years ago, boo. <laughs> I, oh my gosh. $15.75. And then it was an extra 75 cents for using my my debit card. Yes, they do that now too. So like next year we're gonna have to finance these donuts. <laughs> or just not have donuts. Yeah, but you know, boo, like that's still a deal compared to the dozen mochi donuts that I get, because that's $30 for a dozen. Yeah, no, no designer donuts for 
for work folks. You reminded me because you passed out these donuts to your work folk. I've been passing out Girl Scout cookies to my employees. I bought them Girl Scout cookies too. <laughs> I actually supported one of my former professors. So his daughter was selling Girl Scout cookies and he was walking around campus with his daughter in her little wagon. Oh, that's cute. And I said, I'm going to buy from him because he was my favorite undergraduate professor. Okay. So, and then his daughter was so cute. She was like, I like your nails. So I, was like, <laughs> I was like, your father was my favorite professor. And he was like, oh, he was like, Cam was a really good student. Oh. He may have been falsifying. I don't know. <laughs> well, he remembers you. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So he's been on campus. I would say over 10 years. Yeah, look, I, professors only remember the ones they either like or the ones they despise. <laughs> <laughs> There's no middle ground. So, but yeah, so I've been, I've just been handing out sweets for people. But I also wanted to say, boo, happy Black History Month. Yes, to our happy boo-boos. Black History Month. Yes. Where's the air horn, girl? Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it was coming. I know, I know. <laughs> That's a big occasion, Black History Month. Even though we talked about this before, why they give be they be giving Black people the shortest month? It's okay. It's all right. (laughs) We do a lot with the little. We've been telling, we've been demonstrating that our whole lives. We do a lot with the little. So, but I did want to briefly just discuss or share a couple of things that I'm doing to commemorate the special month. Yes. So please let us know. Because other our black listeners and non-black listeners might want to be doing some of these things. Well, and I encourage them to, or and just do things that are comfortable to you and appealing mm-hmm. to you. So first, I am serving on the Pioneer Breakfast Planning Committee at work where we work. Hey, so, good for you, Boo. Yeah, Boo, you know about this breakfast and how yes, popular it is. And I think one year didn't we sit next to each other? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, because we were kind of um, having commentary. <laughs> It's a fun breakfast, though. I, I really enjoy it. And um, I was asked to be on the committee, which, of course, I agreed. And I'm so happy the committee actually went with my suggested theme for this year. Oh, could the you theme, share? Yes. So the theme is celebrating Black excellence, leading and shaping our future. Okay. Yeah. So when I suggested that in the Zoom meeting, they're like, we like it. That's it. And I said, oh, look, a Black woman coming up with theme for a campus <laughs> event. <laughs> so looking forward to that. And it's a scholarship um, breakfast. Yes. So, um, I'm just happy to serve and happy to encourage our students. And Boo, is one of the scholarships still named after my former boss? It is. Okay, yay. It is. Yeah, it is. She's, she's there. So we're honoring um, current Black faculty and staff and retired black faculty and staff and then we also have a new award that's going to be honoring um, a community organization so looking forward to that event and happy to serve and then um also boo and you saw this because i shared with you Mm -hmm. i went to the one love bob marley experience in hollywood yes i saw your cute little (laughs) posts on ig i was trying i was trying to be strategic (laughs) with that (laughs) You know, creating a reel, it can be stressful. Oh, yeah. With timing and music. And I'm just like, okay, I don't do this often. <laughs> but um, for our boobas out there, the One Love Bob Marley experience is actually actually a traveling experience. And so it's been in Europe. It's been in Canada. It's currently in the U.S. It's going to be in the U.S., I think, through February. And opening day was January 27th. 
and in it's in Hollywood at the ovation in Hollywood. So if you've been to Hollywood, the corner of Highland in Hollywood, there's okay. like this big shopping center type mall, two story mall thing. Mm. And I didn't know that that was called ovation. <laughs> I thought ovation was an actual place. So, I think I think that's been renamed though because when it first opened, it was the Kodak uh, like mall or something like that. Yeah, because the Kodak Theater was there. Because mm-hmm. I knew I know that area very well. Me and my good friend Crystal, we used to go to Jimmy Kimmel tapings all the time. Yeah, and so the theater is just right across from the uh-huh. Kodak Theater, but it's, the Kodak Theater is no longer there, and that place is called Ovation now. Mm-hmm. But the one problem is there wasn't really any signage so here i am and i'm asking people where is the one love bob marley experience and they're like we don't know (laughs) and i said well can you please let me know where ovation is and they're like you're here (laughs) (laughs) so it took a good 20 to 25 minutes just randomly walking through ovation to find it and i'm i'm happy we kind of just by luck just discovered it and the lady who was checking tickets, we told her it was difficult to find. And she said, yeah, that's what everyone's been telling us. <laughs> but to get signage, I guess you have to go through a whole approval process. Oh, we, we know about that. Uh, we know. <laughs> so she said they haven't been able to get anything approved. So people have been lost, but eventually they'll find it. And so what I was worried about, because the tickets are timestamped. So I purchased oh, yeah. tickets for a 6 p.m., walk through uh-huh. so I didn't get there till like 6 30 so I was late but it wasn't my fault that I was late because I didn't find it I couldn't find it well fortunately they already know people gonna be late because they can't find it and you know sometimes black people you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey I can say that <laughs> you know what's funny though a lot of ethnic groups will say they're on whatever time right because mm-hmm. there's like black time island time <laughs> You know, all those different kind of groups will say, oh, we're on this kind of time. So. Yeah. Well, Jamaicans, they say soon come. So <laughs> soon. They, there's no time. It's just soon. Right. Um, I really enjoyed the experience. It's about a 40 to 50 minute walkthrough, but you can take as much time as you want. I took about maybe hour 15 because I did spend a lot of time in the silent disco dancing to the music. And the silent disco was really fun because you put on headphones yeah. and um, you listen to Bob Marley songs. But what was really cool about the silent disco, they had a portion of it where you can watch Bob Marley and the Wailers in a studio practicing. And the audio and the headphones went along with the video. Wow. So you're kind of immersed. And you kind of feel like you're there with them, which I thought was pretty cool. And then um, the experience allowed visitors to learn about Marley's early childhood. Something I didn't know, Boo. Did you know that Bob Marley's father was white? Yes, I did know that. I did not know. <laughs> Actually, okay, so I never thought, right? I just assumed, like, okay, his parents are black. But when I learned that his father was a white British naval officer, uh-huh. and he was around 60 when he got Bob Marley's mom pregnant, <laughs> and his mom was 19. Oh, those are different times. <laughs> I was like, mm, that's kind of, mm. but she's over 18. She is an adult, but um, learning that his father was white kind of makes sense because some of the Marley brothers, if you look at their complexion, they're lighter 
-hmm. then uh, then they are the brothers. So maybe that you know it comes out in some of the genes more than others. Yeah. Well, yeah. Were you going to say something, Bill? Oh no, just uh, I, I had uh, learned that fact a while back, and I was surprised too. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, but um, they really didn't talk much about his father at all, and they really didn't talk much about his mother. They did talk about, um, you know, he, he was poor, couldn't even afford a radio, so he would go to these things called sound stages or sound systems, excuse me, which to me was like a sound stage, like a concert type uh -huh. thing. And hang out like on the fence to hear music. And then that kind of bred his love for music. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then it was a lot of pictures. Um, they had his original shoes that he worn, which I thought they were Adidas, but they weren't. They had like five stripes on them. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool though. I, I enjoyed it. They had a room full of art. So different artists painting Bob Marley. And then um, they had like souvenirs and stuff that you can purchase. And then I really liked the last, it was kind of like different rooms. So the last room of the exhibit, it was a tree, but the leaves were made of like notes that people wrote. Oh, that's and then cute. you can clip, clip the notes to, to the, the tree. Yeah. To the branches. Well, it was like string. Oh, okay. And then you, you clip the note on the string, uh. which was cool. And then also in that room, they had all of Bob Marley's kids and then grandkids, which was cool to see because you think like this one person who was born in St. Anne Parish in Jamaica, and now he's a legend recognized by like the whole world and you see what he created. So really enjoyed it. Um, the tickets were a little pricey. <laughs> <laughs> But it went for a good cause because a portion of the proceeds went to the Bob Marley Foundation, um, $50 for general admission. Yeah, I feel you on that because those traveling experiences are hit and miss. I've been to the Van Gogh exhibit mm -hmm. and it was not what I expected and it was kind of pricey. And we just kind of sat there in this one room watching uh, video projections of his art you know and yeah yeah but then i've also been to the ice cream exhibit traveling exhibit where they because they, they have ig photo opportunities and things like that but then every room you went into they gave you ice cream samples so that was nice well at least you got to eat something <laughs> <laughs> they know food makes people happy so but um i would suggest it i will I, I really did have a good time That's and good. i will i chose to do this in celebration of my birthday as you know boo yeah my birthday just passed and so bob marley's birthday is on the 6th and my birthday is on the 8th of february so we're aquarius buddies <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to go celebrate him a legend on his birthday and yourself but, and myself <laughs> yes <laughs> and then um lastly Another thing that I've done to commemorate and celebrate Black History Month is I had a Black CPA file my taxes for me. Right. <laughs> it is tax season, so get those done, boo-boos. Uh, yeah, I know, because I'm trying to get my refund. <laughs> right? Well, so um, my CPA, he <laughs> happens to also be my friend. Shout out to Jamal Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's been doing my taxes for years. And um, I mean, I guess he's doing them right. Knock on wood. The IRS has not called me. <laughs> <laughs> well, just have your receipts to back it up. 
no, he's, he's super cool. And I trust him, right? Because once you find a good CPA and they know all your business anyways, you kind of like just want to stick with that person. Yeah, my parents do the same thing. And when, when their C, uh, CPA moved to like uh, another city, uh-huh. like an hour plus away, they still go with her and they drive over to her. Yeah. So she's trusted, right? Yeah. And, and she knows things that other people wouldn't know that you wouldn't have mm-hmm. to re-explain. And, and that's like, the thing. She specializes in um, doing taxes for military or mm-hmm. officers, people who have different kind of uh, rules for their mm-hmm. taxes, veterans, things like that. Yeah. So, so it's hard to find someone once you found them or trust someone who could do who could do all that stuff again. So. Well, if you are looking for a CPA boo-boos out there. <laughs> Okay, Jamal Jackson. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Jamal Jackson, he can get you right. <laughs> but what have you been up to, boo? What's been going on? Well, you know, I was watching the Grammys, so, and that has somebody who is in a high, well, everybody there is in a high tax bracket, right? So. They, oh, they are. They probably give Uncle Sam a lot of money. Since, uh, <laughs> since we vibing with this Black History Month, why don't we just start talking about Beyonce? Queen B. <laughs> Wait, Boo, are you, did you get a special code to buy tickets? Are you still in the? I did not. Or? No, no, I'm. I'm not even gonna try and fight with the people to try and get Beyonce tickets. <laughs> well, I I did do the the registration right. Okay. And I got an email from Ticketmaster letting me know that I am on the wait list, but. I made up in my mind. I think my cutoff for one ticket is probably $600. I'm not going over. Well, I'm not. Say, that's I, that's a lot. It's still reasonable for Beyonce. but Well, yeah. and you know that her tickets are going to go well into $1,500, $2,000. And I just can't, like, I, I have the money, right? But I yeah. can't see myself Justifying that. that expense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, well, it is, even if it's Beyonce, like, there's still better things you could do with the money. Oh, I'll travel? I can go somewhere. Yeah. I can actually go somewhere for $600. <laughs> but I'm sorry, Boo. So you watched the Grammys and you saw Beyonce win all her awards? Well, that's the, that's the great part is that she broke the record for most Grammys with 32. Ooh. And it, it was previously held actually by classical conductor, George Solti. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so, you know, unfortunately, I don't think he'll be able to catch her because, you know, he's deceased it in. Yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace, sir. <laughs> and Beyonce's only going to just increase her record over the years. She is. She is. But, you know, everyone's waiting for the, her, the day for her to win album of the year, which she did not win this year. I personally believe she was robbed. Uh, you're not alone. <laughs> only because I truly and honestly feel that Renaissance is her best work to date. Because I've listened to all the Beyonce albums, right? But this one, all the songs are good, no skips, and it's a feel-good album. And the person who did win Grammy of the Year, No Shade, I don't think his album was as strong. <laughs> well, I mean, it, of course, musical tastes uh, vary, but I'll, all I can say is there are probably a lot of stronger candidates in the category other than Harry Styles, who is young and has a lot of time to develop to make an album of the year. But you had, well, I was surprised that they nominated ABBA, which their comeback for me was really great, but definitely not an album of the year winner. Uh, 
But then there was Harry, Beyonce, Adele was in there. So, you know, and everybody loves Adele. And and even if, I mean, she's won before over Beyonce. She has, yeah. And then she even said in her acceptance speech, I think she wanted to share her Grammy with Beyonce. She just loved Beyonce that much. Mm. But I think everybody was surprised when they said Harry Styles. It's like, yeah. And, and Harry that, Styles, his, his album is good. I just don't think it's better. Well, again, that's subjective, but again, you're also not alone. A lot of people are, you know, whether it's for Beyonce or they think Adele should have won. Even Mary J was in that category. Uh, Bad Bunny was in the category and Brandi Carla, Coldplay, Kendrick Lamar and Lizzo. So yeah, a lot of strong contenders. Even Coldplay, Kendrick Lamar, his album was good. Um, (laughs) I don't know. But, you know, congratulations to Harry anyway. What did not, I did not like was in his acceptance speech when he got up and said this doesn't happen to people like me i'm like you mean it's cisgendered white males mm. like the world was made around you like it's the world is suited to always give you your way but honestly i think you know that's out of context because i'm sure he meant more like someone who grew up in his conditions from his background or i don't know what i don't know what he was thinking but i don't think he meant like oh a white guy like me but at the same time it still sounded like a very off-putting comment because you shouldn't say something like that in your position. So, I don't know. And everybody was like, what does he mean by that? This is a weird comment, you know? But anyway, that was... Congratulations, (laughs) nonetheless. (laughs) I mean, he's still a good, uh, valid artist. So, Um, but then the the performances themselves, there are several good, usually the Grammys are pretty boring. But this year, I did enjoy a few. Uh, Bad Bunny opened the show, and he was really uh, lively for a Grammy op- Gra- Grammy's opening. Um, so he sang El uh, Apogon, and I, th- I probably butchered that, uh, which is the blackout, and Después de la Playa, which is after the beach. And then Harry sang As It Was, uh, which... As It Was. Yeah. <laughs> as It Was. <laughs> which, you know, I, there was a point, I don't know, did you see his performance, Boo? I did not. Okay, so I was at the Bob Marley yeah. One Love experience, so I did not watch the Grammys, but because social media and Instagram, you saw, I saw, I was able to see clips and things of it, and then I know that his dancers, they were like on some spinning contraption yes. type thing, and it was going the wrong way. That's the thing I wanted to talk about was because when I was watching it, what I'm not aware of that fact, there was a portion where he was trying to get off of it and onto the stage and he almost fell and you could see the panic in his eyes and to find out is because the the spin was going opposite of what he had rehearsed oh my god and he still went through with it it's you know very uh commendable of him yeah, yeah professional and that's the thing a lot of his dancers got on social media and defended him and said this is what happened and y'all don't know and he still carried on mm-hmm. so you know again professionalism um I enjoyed Sam Smith and Kim Petras's performance, although they have a lot of FCC complaints now because of them staging like this um, scene in hell and oh. then bur- burning up and the devil and all that stuff. Mm. Uh, I know it's not your thing. But... I rebuke that for my spirit. <laughs> rebuke it for my spirit. <laughs> but congratulations to them for winning um, a Grammy. And Kim Petras is the first transgender Grammy winner. So that's another breakthrough. And um also, if you watch the performance uh, on stage, Got Mick and Violet Chachki are former RuPaul Drag Race contestants, and they were on stage. So yay for them. Okay. 
And then my favorite, favorite performance of the night out of all of them was the uh, 50th anniversary of hip hop performance. Why did I know that? I was like, why'd you go say the rap performance? <laughs> well, you know, rap is not my thing in terms of what it is currently. I used to enjoy rap growing up because mm. it was more melodic or, or there was messages behind it. But now it's just all ballas and hoes and, yeah, and, and, and booty popping, all that stuff. And, you know, it's like, I don't want to listen to that. So, but, you know, I was going to really quickly count down everybody who was in this performance because it's an amazing lineup of people. Up until the point we get to the modern people, I'm like, eh. You're like, nah, don't cut it. We started off with Grandmaster Flash, the OG of rap, Mm -hmm. and then Run DMC, uh, the two surviving members, uh, and then LL Cool J, Salt and Peppa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, Boo, did Salt and Peppa have Spinderella too or all three? They did not. No, just the two. Oh, they're still beefing. It's like, ladies, y'all too old to be too old. I know. I know, huh? But so, yeah, no no Spinderella, just Salt and Peppa. And then Rakim was there, no Eric B. Uh, Public Enemy, Chuck D and Flavor Flav were both there. Uh, De La Soul, Scarface, and Ice T came out of his acting to, okay. to rap for a second. He had time. He had time <laughs> for us. And then uh, Queen Latifah sang "You and I T Y." You and I T Y. It's a unity. <laughs> <laughs> and then Method Man, uh, he sang his song, but he represented for Wu Tang as well. Uh, Big Boy from Outcast, okay. uh, Busta Rhymes, and he did his fast flows. Still got it. Uh, Missy Elliott came on. Which she looked great. She looked good yeah, before. Yeah, but yeah. Her, her new look, I'm like, okay, Missy. Very I mean, nice. She's always been pretty, mm-hmm. but, you know, her uh, she's struggled with her weight, but she's got to the point where, you know, she uh, hopefully she's happy where she's at. Yeah. Not that happiness means, thinness means happiness, but, no. you know, as long as she's happy, that's what's important. Mm-hmm. And then Nelly came out after her. And, oh, you know, so hot and her. Nelly had the jams back in the day. So. <laughs> Wait, did he have that little band-aid underneath his eye? You know, I forgot to look for that. <laughs> now I'm trying to think about it. I don't remember. That was like his signature look. He he better had because that is his signature. <laughs> like, that's what put you on the map, Nelly. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Too Short after him. Uh, Swiss Beats and Locks. Okay. Then we started getting into the people where I was like tuning out here. Lil Baby. Nah. Lil Uzi Vert. He scares me. He's like dem- <laughs> he gives me demonic vibes. Me personally, I cannot speak for everybody else. Because some people do like his music. Like um, I know Kansas City Chiefs. Uh-huh. They were dancing to his music. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then they finished out with Glorilla, female rapper currently. Okay. So. But yeah, it was a really fun performance. Again, like I said, my favorite. So you know, and like you just mentioned, Kansas City Chiefs and hip hop goes hand in hand now with super bowl it does it does (laughs) well did you see like um video videos of them celebrating in the locker room because they were doing all the little tiktok dances but to the uzi burt song (laughs) i didn't see that boo you can tell that they were young because those players i'm like i don't think any person in their 30s would be doing that yeah they're part of the tiktok generation (laughs) (laughs) but congratulations to them though it was it, it was a decent Super Bowl. Um, personally, I was going for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh-huh. I wanted to see Jalen Hurts win a ring. However, so proud and so happy to see that this Super Bowl featured two Black quarterbacks. Yes, uh-huh. And it is Black History Month. So congratulations to Patrick Mahomes. 
in Jalen Hurts because it's just an accomplishment to actually make it to the Super Bowl and lead your team to the Super Bowl. Well, it was still an exciting game. I'm not a football fan per se, but I, you know, the the lead going back and forth because a blowout is not fun to watch. No, not right? at all. <laughs> but it was exciting to see them soaring touchdown after touchdown. You're like, okay, who can win this thing? Well, yeah. and then Philadelphia lost it at the end, yeah. which I it hurt for me because I really wanted them to win. So, but you know, I, I was initially I was shocked that Kansas City let Philadelphia have possession of the ball first and play to their strengths in terms of the running game and, and, you know, just scoring. So it's like, why did you do that? But uh, it ended up working out for them in the end. Look at us sounding like football analysts. I know. I was like, don't, <laughs> I I am not. <laughs> ESPN, we're, you can hire us. We yeah, are well, available. If you, yeah, we're literally colored commentary. <laughs> that could be the name of our show. Color commentary. <laughs> Oh my god well like, you know boo oh go what were you gonna say oh no i was just gonna say i know you saw the halftime performance that's what i was gonna say what, what i really tuned in for was riri everybody tuned in for the rihanna concert did i say yes. it right <laughs> yes rihanna um but the thing is the i think it's funny because afterwards social media split down the line 50 percent were like she was amazing 50 percent was like that was so mid you know, like she was she with done child. Better. She's with child. First of all, as soon as they showed her, I was like, her her stomach. That's what I said. <laughs> I was like, wait, when did she have another baby? <laughs> and then once I saw the, her dance moves, they uh, were not. She I mean, was not getting into it like she normally would because she was protecting uh, that fetus yeah. inside of her. And so I said, for her to actually go through with the performance, knowing that she's with child but still putting on a good performance because I thought she looked beautiful and she, she sung a really good selection of her songs. I was singing all the songs. I was a little bummed out though, that I, she didn't bring out any guest performers. That's what I was going to say, boo. It's like, I, I was going to say, I enjoyed the performance overall, mm -hmm. but um, it's a good thing. She has a great catalog of songs because it, you know, she, she played the low energy, I don't give a F kind of thing off really well because that's her thing, her vibe. Uh -huh. But, you know, there was no, uh, once you got to the midpoint of her performance, the energy was lacking overall. Was. Not just because of her, but just there was nothing to freshen up the whole thing. It was like, okay, we saw the platforms, cool. The choreo, white puffer jackets, cool, I guess. So they ch shot down a whole bunch of Chinese spy balloons <laughs> <laughs> for her performance. But um, it's like, and then, you know, great songs. But yeah, I was waiting for that one or two surprise moments, like Beyonce brought out Jesse's Child, you know, yeah. those kind of things. Like, I thought, you know, she could bring out some of the collaborator, collaborators she worked with. Well, I, I thought she was going to bring out Eminem. Okay, on... see, yeah, so that would have been great. But Eminem was already there last year for the Dre performance. He knew him again. He knew but, where it's at. But Jay-Z was there too, which I was like, she didn't even bring Jay-Z out. Uh -huh. <laughs> Well, see, what I was really excited about, because social media had spotted Tom Holland at the Phoenix airport. Mm -hmm. And if you remember, Tom Holland did Umbrella for the um, uh, karaoke uh, celebrity thing that they do with mm -hmm. LL Cool J hosting. And he did he dressed up in female drag and did Umbrella. Did you ever see that performance? Booth? I did not see the performance, but so, I know the performance you're referencing. And so everyone thought, OK, he's going to come on stage to do this performance with, uh, with Rihanna. 
but it didn't happen. <laughs> it, it, it's just, it was just Rihanna the whole time. You're like, okay, cool. You know, I get it. And I guess her special guest was her baby inside yeah. of her. <laughs> yeah, because that, that's what I guess she said she was going to have a special guest in an interview prior to the Super Bowl. And so I was like, oh, she meant the baby. <laughs> It, it was nobody else. <laughs> but you know what I don't like is, you know, I, like I said, we enjoyed her. She's pregnant. But people try to compare and say, well, Beyonce per performed pregnant as she did this. But I'm like, okay, but that's Beyonce. Rihanna doesn't have to do what Beyonce did. No, know? they're so. two separate people. They're um, two beautiful Black women in their own right. They're two different styles. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, I you I don't like I, when... Especially if you're a male and you're commenting and you have no idea what it's like to be a fe pregnant female... You don't know where Rihanna's energy level is, you know? Well, and I was kind of scared for her because she was in the air hanging yeah, on that thing. Really I high. said, should you be up there? <laughs> I sound like an old auntie, like, get out. Well, it's funny because people <laughs> social media saying like, oh, we're looking at Rihanna being a player in Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a parody online and it was like a little red Lego person being lifted up in the air and then there was marshmallows all over the ground. <laughs> like her backup dancers uh social overall, media they're so clever overall kudos to her though she did her thing she, she still did. went through with it so and well as well you know another big thing about super bowl is the commercials mm -hmm. right? so mm -hmm. that i was just like two commercials that really stood out to me are i don't know if you saw the boo the dunkin donuts commercial with ben affleck mm -hmm. and, and, and uh, jennifer Stay lopez was like give me a glaze <laughs> well, well first she was pulling on up after he was surprising all these people in the drive-thru and then she pulled up like is this what you mean when you say you go to work give me a glaze <laughs> i felt the fly girl in living color fly girl she, she channeled that she what did you say? give me a glaze i was like okay the fly girl then came out <laughs> that was that was jenny from the bronx <laughs> And then uh, the other commercial, I don't know if you saw this one too, is the Hellman's Mayonnaise with John Hamm and Brie Larson. Mm -hmm. That was mm -hmm. super cute. Davison. He's going to eat them up. <laughs> that was a good play. On, yeah, because they were Ham and Brie. Yeah, good play on words. <laughs> I was surprised to see Brie Larson do a television commercial. So. Yeah, well, I mean, if that money, right? If that yeah, check, that's, right? that's why Super Bowl money don't play. Yeah. What other did you see any other commercials? Well, I mean, we saw commercials, but did any other commercials stand out to you? Oh, one more that I just remembered. Um, the Jack Harlow commercial for Doritos. Did you see that? <laughs> the triangle. The triangle. And then the, the triangle player of the year ended up being Elton, Elton John. John. <laughs> that was a cute commercial. It was. And I was happy to see Elton John in the commercial, kind of being like a good sport. You know, because it was just random that it was Elton John. Well, and then he looked foolish playing this giant ass triangle on the stage. It was hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, it's like he, like you said, being a good sport about it. Yeah. But yeah. you know, again, the money will make you a good sport. So listen, <laughs> I will say. So I actually dozed off watching the game, and then my dad woke me up because I heard him say, "No, no," and then I looked. And I was like, "What's happening?" <laughs> I was I was tired this past weekend, so I mean I had all intentions of having more energy, but um, overall I'm just happy, happy for the the winning team, happy for the teams that made it to the Super Bowl. So, and then um, shout out to Travis Kelsey. That's all. I'm you know, say. you're lucky that because you <laughs> fell asleep. Um, that you know, speaking about sports, I watched a new up and coming sport called oh. Power Slap. <laughs> 
Well, are you, you ain't falling asleep getting slapped. No, no, don't don't slap Cam. Don't slap anyone unless you in this league. You know, the, what Power Slap is, is a show on TBS called Power Slap Road to the Title. Mm-hmm. And it's 30 athletes competing for a brand new tower, the Power Slap League. And uh, it was founded by Dana White, the president of UFC Ultimate Fighting Championship. So you already know that this league is kind of brutal. Because we've yeah. all seen what people look like in UFC fights. <laughs> so you're like, I, I keep saying power slap. So let me tell you about this. Basically, it's two men looking at each other face to face over this table, just like if you're arm wrestling. Mm-hmm. But instead of arm wrestling, you slap the crap out of the other person. <laughs> and your whole goal is to knock them out with a slap. This can be really dangerous, though, because you're getting slapped on the side of your face. You're like busting your eardrum or what yes. if you burst like a blood vessel. <laughs> and so because they're trying to make this a sport, they have the athletes. I I, I, lo- I loosely say athletes. <laughs> they hey, they train for this. They they do they do. I mean, they train their hand to slap hard. They Wait, <laughs> do they have to get slapped as a training. I'm thinking. Uh, I don't know if that to the d- degree, but you know what they did was they plugged them up in uh, with uh, science equipment mm-hmm. to see like how hard their slaps were the concussive force that their head takes when they receive a slap. I don't know, like, why would you want to do this? Because when you watch them compete mm-hmm. and they slap somebody, a lot of times people get knocked out on the first slap and they can't get back up. Because you have former UFC fighters in this league, former boxers in this league. Now they're just opening their hands up and slapping you. Yeah, well, because if you get hit like in the temple and it's like that perfect area, that's enough to knock you out. Yeah, there are rules like you can't pivot your foot um, to for the slap to gain momentum. So otherwise, that's a disqualification. Mm-hmm. Or you can only hit certain parts of the face. You can't hit like uh, I, I think you can't you know, like hit below their cheek and stuff like that. You can't you know you got to aim as best you can for the actual zone that oh, you can my hit. Lord. So, but yeah, it's not funny in the sense that some of these guys look seriously messed up, and then they as they're the one being slapped holds onto a baton behind their hand. And if they're slapped and they survive the first slap <laughs> and they need a moment to recover, they can hand in the baton to the referee and they'll get like 10 or 20 seconds recovery time. But how and, sustainable is this though? Because I mean, do you have matches like multiple times a week? I don't know how often they're going to go, but like, I think there's three rounds. So if you ended up both of you are still standing at the end of the three rounds. It's, uh-huh. like, a, it's like a draw or something. Or no, or I think uh, the, the judges determine who had, like in boxing, who they score up who had the best rounds. And then they determine a winner based, based on that. Oh, my gosh. So I'm wondering if, like, the, I don't want to call them fighters, slappers. <laughs> Athletes. <laughs> Athletes. Do they, are there, like, eardrums bleeding? Or they have, like, blood coming from their mouth? I didn't see any of that, uh-huh. so that hasn't happened yet, but I don't know if I can keep watching it because oh, it's kind of entertaining, but not. <laughs> so it's like a car wreck you can't stop looking at. Oh, I'm pretty sure the athletes have to sign all kind of waivers. Oh, for like, sure. I know that I can go blind doing this, or I but, know I can lose my hearing doing this. You know, the way it's almost, you know, I... I appreciate that they take this seriously, but it's almost comical to me where it's like they really think they're contributing something to sports by slapping the crap out of one another. <laughs> Maybe there's a 
the science behind it. I don't but know. I should have laughed because watch us be in the Olympics in four years. So. <laughs> I mean, they're probably getting brand deals. Oh, gosh. Know, they do wear like mouth guards, right? Or if they choose like... to, they don't all do that. Mm, I would. I want my teeth to stay. Mm, yes. I'm just thinking like you can wear a designer mouth guard. You can get a brand deal like that. Like, see, I'm about to get slapped, yeah, but see. I got this mouth guard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, well, um, I'm not throwing slaps, uh-huh. <laughs> but I did recently go ax throwing. Hey, I want to do that, boo. I've never done that. You should do it. It was really fun. So shout out to my friend, Michelle, who just had a birthday. Hey girl. Brum, 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 brum. And she wanted to go um axe throwing for her birthday so something different because we as a group you know we do the typical wine tasting or we do the ladies vegas trips and Um, we we've been all over you know you you've been around our group boo yes you're all fun thank you so she's like i want to go axe throwing and we're like okay let's do it and we're the type of group that we're open to doing different things too you know so she found a place in temecula um called socal axe and let me just tell you now first when you walk into <laughs> this place it was a distinct smell that slapped you <laughs> so you got slapped in a different way <laughs> i got slapped in a different way but the smell it was like a combination of wood and you know how wood smells mm-hmm. it can em- emit that distinct smell but it was wood sweat and body odor no i was like what is happening in here? and I will say I was proud of our group because we were the only black group there and our friend Jocelyn was with us Mm -hmm. she's black by association I was gonna say she's she's like she's like me with the black group I'm black by association too (laughs) so um we were a group of six and so we we split into two groups team of three team of three Uh uh-huh the group that I was in, we, well, I won't, I don't want to say we, it was mostly me. <laughs> I sucked. I only <laughs> hit the target about three times. So what you do is you choose the amount of time that you want to throw axes, right? So yeah. 60 minutes, 90 minutes, you can go longer if you want. But if you've never thrown an axe before, never went axe throwing, just know that your shoulders and your upper body if you're not used to always holding your arms like above your head, uh-huh. it's going to kind of burn a little bit, burn After and be sore because you're activating these muscles that you normally don't use a lot. And there's a little technique to it. So there, there's people walking around that work there that actually show you what's a good technique to throw an axe. And it's a good stress reliever too. I noticed. Like if you have some pent up aggression, just go and throw the maxes, you'll be fine. <laughs> Hey, Boo, can you can you choose the size axe that you want to throw, like the little axe or the big axe? You can. So we had a choice of about six to seven different axes. And some were skinny, some were like the chunky fat axe. So it was just what you were comfortable throwing. Mm-hmm. Um, I started off throwing like the big ones and I was not having any luck. So I did something smaller and that's what I hit the target with, <laughs> with like the medium sized axe. But again, out of the whole 60 minutes, I only was able to hit the target three times versus my friends. They were hitting the target like every time they threw it. <laughs> so I was a little bummed. I was like, well, how come I suck at this? So is this coupled with alcohol? 
okay so that would be dangerous yeah, i was like I was, I was i was curious well because the axe can actually come back at you if you throw it against the target hard and let's uh -huh. say it bounces it off bounce. and it can bounce back so um you are not actively drinking while participating <laughs> in axe throwing that's How good to know <laughs> however the actual place is connected to a brewery okay they usually are which is dangerous as well because what if you go to the brewery get lit and then go throw some axes they must judge your ability before I, they yeah yeah and you have to sign a waiver of course you know if you get cut or whatever they're like we are not liable we're <laughs> a willing participant in this it's like um, if you chopped your own arm off that's your problem <laughs> but i liked it because they had different simulated um scenarios so they had like a zombie one where you had to like throw the axe at the zombies to kill uh -huh. them. They had a Christmas tree one, which you had to hit all of the bulbs, the Christmas uh -huh. tree bulbs on the uh, simulation. They also had tic-tac-toe, which was cool. So different little games that That's you can cute. play with, with axe throwing. I definitely will be back to axe throwing because again, I want to get good at it. I did not <laughs> like the fact that I only could hit the target three times. So. Well, sounds but, like an outing maybe we could do yeah a bougie boo outing but just <laughs> i'm just telling you that smell <laughs> okay maybe we should find a place that smells better <laughs> yeah yeah so. but you know it's funny because you brought that up about the zombie throwing uh, uh, throwing axes at zombies you need to practice up boo because <laughs> i'm watching the last of us okay and it's a it's a show based hbo show based on a video game from 2013 mm -hmm. um, and basically a global pandemic is caused by a fungal infection oh, Lord. and so like, the like COVID 19 yeah i mean it, it spreads quickly <laughs> in this world it started like on a thursday and by monday the world had fallen apart jesus because what happened was the fungal infection got through into like a supply of uh uh, grain or flour or something like that which some most people eat in the on the planet well, and it got dispersed all over the world side note boo you know that like a lot of cleaning products are being recalled now because of like fungal contamination and yes. i believe uh -huh. eye drops a certain kind of eye oh, drops no, see they were just because people were going blind after using these eye drops and this is how easily this scenario from last, uh, last of us can happen jesus start throwing them axes start practicing asap yes because you know at the end of the day it becomes a show about survival <laughs> and not only are you fighting these infected people and creatures that the people become different stages of creatures which are given names mm. and so there's, there's one portion where your whole face is covered by this fungal mushroom kind of stuff and oh. so now you can't see anymore so you basically use sound echolocation so they call them clickers mm. and, and they're savage um so any sound you make they can hear you you know so you so like even if somebody breathes hard yes you gotta you gotta hold your breath <laughs> in as much as possible they can hear it and so yeah there's another class which is like uh uh, so like in this world, the infection has been for 20 years now. Mm -hmm. And so the people who got infected in the very beginning who are still around become big creatures called bloaters, the big mm. old behemoth mushroom fungal creatures. So it's just kind of scary, but even though it's fantastical, it's realistic enough. You know? Yeah. And so, but the, the real enemy, just like in The Walking Dead, are people because people are always try to jack your resources, mm. you know, take what you got. So 
I don't I don't like the storyline. It sounds too uh too but, much like it can come true. Well, yeah, that's what's I think scary for a lot of people. But you know, Pedro Pascal is the main character Joel and everybody loves him from being the Mandalorian and from Game of Thrones mm -hmm. and then Bella Ramsey who was also in Game of Thrones she plays Ellie and in Game of Thrones she did a great job as the the did you watch all of Game of Thrones boo no I didn't boo. I, I forgot not, you don't <laughs> that's not your thing I like boo now <laughs> but um she played Leanna Marmont for those who watched and she played the the child queen uh and so and then um and most people are saying it's the best adaptation, live adaptation of a video game ever, whether it's movies or TV, which is true. Like a lot of I watch reactors watch this show and they'll tell you how it's so accurate to the game. A lot of scenes are ripped and dialogue are ripped straight from the game. Mm -hmm. uh, but they, they took liberties with certain scenes and almost everybody universally agrees with the changes that they made for the better. Okay. So it's the, the people who create the show they really put a lot of love and care into fan servicing the fans of the game as well as bringing in new audiences because you know people who don't love the game still need to enjoy the show mm -hmm. and then it's been renewed for a second season and yeah you know what's funny is there's been as of this recording five episodes and almost everybody has cried in almost every episode like in terms of people watching the show it's well, I mean, I would cry too if you had mushroom people trying to kill you. <laughs> well, it's a it's a human element. They they make you love these characters and they rip you away from them. Oh, <laughs> and my, there's my emotions can't stand it. No, I know. Like this show, especially episode three, which I want to talk about. It was called Long Long Time, and basically, it uh, took a character from the game, Bill, played by Nick Offerman from Parks and Rec. Um, he was a, a small character in the game while well, uh, uh, in the game and then they took and expanded his story because in the game apparently because i didn't play the game but I've, I've learned so much watching reactors video game people and um they referred to him and having a partner frank and so the that was his lover but when we meet frank in the game he's already dead Oh, okay. so they took this Frank and Bill story and expanded it in episode three, and we basically see them living through the pandemic, and they were able to successfully live to old age through the pandemic as a couple, and we saw how they met and how they died, and this May episode made grown men cry like like people who was like I would never cry. They were crying like crazy. Crying like babies. They were. They like. Well I'm curious, so the couple that survived through this, through the mushroom fungal uh -huh. <laughs> through the pandemic drama, yeah. did they not leave their house? Well, one of them, Bill, he's a survivalist. So soon as everything happened and his town was abandoned, because uh, we find out the government took people away and told them they were going to safety, but they actually just killed everybody. <laughs> Luckily, he didn't go with them. That sounds about right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. And then you even see in the flashback, uh, they didn't show the killing, but they they when the government took the people away from his town, uh, one of them was a mother with a baby. And mm -hmm. we saw earlier the baby's skull in the ground. So they killed the baby too. They shot the baby. So Yeah, not not good. God will teach you. Babies and old people. For anybody but, <laughs> really, but especially for babies and old people. So yeah, I mean, uh, the basically the the 
episodes serve to show how they survived the pandemic and one of the only bright spots in this world is the fact that they got to live together relatively safely together for a long time because mm-hmm. they were there were bandits who tried to invade them and things like that but bill being a survivalist really put a lot of booby traps around his town he was like not not in my house yeah i mean he was hardcore so he, and he protected frank who was very opposite of him mm-hmm. um but and most people agree it's one of the best el- t- uh, episodes of television ever and i even said that when i finished watching i like that's one of the best episodes of tv i've ever seen and then my parenting was shared apparently by uh, like a lot of other people and now everyone expects these two to win awards at the end of the award season which i believe they should yeah well i see that on imdb it's a 9.2 out of 10 so i mean it's a good show and then also on google 93 percent like this tv show so maybe i have to check it out boo yeah well if anything because like there are scary and gory moments that you don't like. Mm-hmm. The episode three is self-contained where you could just watch that and not be too exposed to all the scary stuff in the other episodes. Thank you for looking out for me. <laughs> <laughs> but then, uh, you know, uh, episode five, which just aired, they aired it on Friday because of, usually their airtime is Sunday, but they didn't want to go against the Super Bowl, which is smart. Smart, yeah. But it was a story of Sam and Henry, two black brothers, and one and Sam is the younger brother, and he's deaf, mm-hmm. and so them trying to survive through this whole ordeal too. But you might not they like kill them off in Black History Month. <laughs> you might not like what happens. See, just when I was going to give this show a chance, killing well, black people. It would be it would be too scary for you too. Oh, so. okay. It's well, very I... it's a very tense show. The actor who plays Henry Lamar Johnson, he has a really beautiful smile. I've always <laughs> liked his smile. So, but no, but anything, even though you know they, you don't like the fact they killed them during Black History Month, <laughs> it did highlight that you know black people are deaf too, right? Because the boy yeah. actor, the boy actor who plays Sam, he is actually deaf in real life. So, but yeah, it's just every week is just heartache watching this show. <laughs> Well, okay. But it's really gripping. It's gripping. So, you gripping, clenching your butt cheeks. Well, that, or it just draws you in where you just can't stop watching. But yeah, sometimes people's butt cheeks get so tight because there there are scenes that you're just like, you just can't handle sometimes. That makes you think some of these writers, what's going on in their heads? (laughs) Well, no, I'm, I'm talking about it's not even the gory. It's not even gory. It's just like, the drama and suspense of anticipation mm-hmm. and sometimes nothing happens but they build it up so well you're just so scared and you're like oh nothing happened you're like oh, okay <laughs> i can breathe normal now <laughs> so but anyway i recommend last of us um and when you were talking about the ratings like sadly people you know people who are homophobic review bombed the episode three because of the gay relationship um, but overall most people agree it's a quality show if you take out uh, your feelings about that it's just mm-hmm. well made like even the way it's shot the way the dialogue is and they use just like remember Boo when um uh kate bush's song really took off from uh stranger things running up that hill and it was it, it was an old song but everybody started listening to it. it went into the billboard charts again did it become and, like a tiktok thing yeah it did TikTok. became a tiktok <laughs> thing so uh-huh. it's like because it came on the show and the same thing is happening with the song they use from linda ronstadt 
in the episode three. Uh-huh. And, and there's all these people now discovering who Linda Ronstadt is again. She's like, I'm relevant. She's going <laughs> to perform at the Grammys next year. <laughs> well, that's the sad part because she actually has to come to, I forgot, like ALS or something herself. And okay. so she doesn't perform in public anymore because she she's not really physically capable, mm-hmm. but she's still alive. Yeah. But it's nice that she could see the success again from her song taking off from the show. But yeah, so um, I've been enjoying it. I can't wait to see how it goes. I haven't played the game, uh, so I, I am, I'm not going to get spoiled. A lot of people who played the game wish they hadn't known what's going to happen, but there's enough changes where they're still surprised. Yeah. Well, and they can change it a little bit. The writers can yeah. throw you off. Like, you think you know what's going to happen, but guess what? Exactly. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Well, I, thank I you recommend. for sharing, Boo. You're welcome, so. Boo. So, but I have to say, I don't think I would survive in this world, not because I couldn't fight these infected or anything. It's because I would have ate stuff with flour in it. <laughs> Same. I like my bread. So you and I would have been infected. I mean... <laughs> Something's going to take us out, right? We're yeah. not going to live forever. I might as well be um, carbs and flour. <laughs> Before we get out of here, I did want to um, announce, let our boo-boos know and those listening. So my colleague who works at Chafee Community College, they're having a hip-hop studies summit, boo. And I meant oh. to mention this when you were talking about the rap performance at the uh-huh. Grammy, but it's their fourth annual hip-hop study summit. And it's open for all who love, create, and live for hip-hop in all its forms. And then they're accepting submissions. So if you go to www.chafee.edu, they'll have information on how to submit for that. So you could submit works of art, lyrics, things like that. Nice. (laughs) So I don't know, Boo, you want to write a rap song? (laughs) (laughs) I've tried. I've, you know, honestly, I tried doing that before. It's terrible. I got no flow. I got no, no game. Don't say that. You got flow, boo. You got flow. <laughs> Not when it comes to rapping. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, this has been great as always. <laughs> my, my bougie boo rapper. Well, because unless, you know, you remember back in the day when people would be like, um, you, if this is what you want to hear. My name is David. I hey. am... David, <laughs> you know, it's like make no sense with words. <laughs> and then black women will be in the back, like, that's right. That's okay. Right. <laughs> you go, baby. You go. <laughs> you know, we're going to support you like that. They do. They do. <laughs> um, or unless you're at the Apollo Theater, they're going to get hooked off the stage. Sandman. We're the Sandman. <laughs> you got to rub the stump, which you did already. I did. I did. <laughs> you're hilarious, Boo. <laughs> Well, boo-boos, we thank you, as always, for listening to us. Oh, one last one oh, last okay, thing. Okay. One last thing. Boo. Australia has tapped into bougie boo. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> thank you, Australian. I don't know. Hopefully there's more than one of y'all, but yeah. Listen, we we see y'all. The dot came up. We are so happy, particularly it's Melbourne, Australia. So uh-huh. thank you. We appreciate you. So we are we're reaching the masses. We're getting out there. We're global. <laughs> we're gonna spread out there into the world like COVID. Or oh, I was gonna say like the fungal infection. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> Let us be your fungal infection. <laughs> <laughs>
people are like mm, no thank you <laughs> they're like mm, get somebody else to do it <laughs> Well, we're going to get you whether you like it or not, just like in the show. There you go. We are here to stay. <laughs> okay, Boo. Thank you for listening. And until next time, be bougie. And remember, you ain't got to be bougie if you stay bougie. Bye. Bye.